Welcome to the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast. We are your hosts, Alora and Kitty. And in this episode, we're talking soul origin profiling and the launch of the level four profile on the Wayfaring Witch website. We will talk (laughs) the definition and mechanics of soul origin profiling, theories and hypotheses that I embrace or reject, if the soul origin process can be repeated, and how you can get into this work. It's going to be a jam-packed hour, so grab your cuppa and settle in. Okay, Kitty, this is a dense topic. And before we get started, I want to ask you, as someone who has had a soul origin profile done recently, what added value has it brought to your spiritual practice and or your life? Ooh, this is a good question. I would say it has mainly inspired me to a level where I am ferociously researching (laughs) (laughs) and just opening up new, I don't know, I guess a new train of thought when it comes to my spirituality overall. And I also think from our conversations, at least from my perspective, it seems like it's connected a lot of dots that were previously singular experiences. Oh yeah. And now you're, you've, created this web essentially connecting these seemingly random things. Absolutely. Yeah. You want to touch on any of that real quick or no? Yeah, go. (laughs) So just a few, something that I've just popped into my head when you're talking about that. As far as star origins, I am linked to the constellation Lyra or the star system Lyra. And in particular, the star Vega, Mm. which when I started doing research on that constellation and I looked up the word Vega, I believe the star is named Vega and it's in relation to an Arabic word that I think means falling eagle. Mm -hmm. But it also is a word in Old Norse that means to move or to transport. So what does this all mean? Where am I going with this? The God that I'm working with right now is Odin, and he is also known as Eagle Face. Mm. And I just found it funny that when I looked up Vega and what it meant, it, it was also an Old Norse word. And in addition to that, there's a band called uh, Danheim who does a song called Vega. And it's very Odin-like, we'll just say. So there's some kind of association there for me that sounds crazy, but it's definitely linked between the God that I'm working with and some of my star origins, we'll say. Cool. Yeah. I... I just like to ask that question to people because I feel like there are definitely real world applications and benefits to having a soul origin profile done. 
that once you are aware of soul origin profile, things that need to be integrated into your existence for your soul's evolution, a lot of opportunity and doors that seemingly either weren't there open or people start making these connections that they mm-hmm. never made before. Um, and I've, I've, I've seen it revolutionize people's lives. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool. At least well, from where I, I have I have a big story to tell, but I'll get more into that later so that you can get into the, the big meat of this now. <laughs> okay. So tell us for those who may not know, what is a soul origin profile? Okay. So soul origin profiles are like past life readings, but instead of earthly past lives, I am able to pick up mostly on past lives lived in non-human realms of existence. So there are exceptions to this rule, but we'll get into that a little bit later because it's a little complex and complicated um, as far as the different realms go. One other thing I will say is my understanding of soul origins is continuously evolving. So I've been doing this stuff for over a decade Mm -hmm. And, you know, I am not, not all the time, but I change my opinion quite regularly on certain aspects of things because I can do that (laughs) when I get, you know, when anybody gets new information, you can definitely change your position on a thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So the more that I get into this work, the more that I do it, the more profiles I complete, the more I see different patterns and different things come up and the more it shifts and evolves really. But my understanding of it is that it is all previous incarnations. Um, and yeah, so that is the short and the long of it. <laughs> awesome. And I will just put this out there too, that Alora did my, we're going to get probably more into this as well, but Alora did my first soul origin profile like a decade ago. So she definitely has been doing this for a long time. So would you say the results of these profiles are definitive and set in stone? I would say that the soul is complex, right? Obviously. Um, And soul origin profiling doesn't set out to decipher and make permanent labels. So most of our souls have had thousands and thousands of lives, at least I believe that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And at least I would say 10% of those being in non-human realms of existence. And of those 10%, we get to glimpse at less than 1%. And of those, (laughs) the incarnation (laughs) of non-human lives from which we find things that we need to integrate at any one given time ranges from two to six on average. So when I'm doing a profile, generally two to six previous incarnations will come up within the profile. Um, and this is a level three profile that I'm talking about, one that is gets into the specifics. Mm-hmm. So a soul origin profile can and does change over time with the evolution of the soul. So just as you needed different lessons and experiences at age 15 versus 25, 
your soul will require important experiences and lessons to come through at different intervals in your life, right? To get you to the next level. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. So if you were to get a profile process done again at a later date, the things that come up might be different because your soul is expressing different past life traits and is ready to absorb different knowledge than before. This is particularly true if you have, so like in your case, for instance, yeah, you had one done 10 years ago and you had one done recently. Mm-hmm. So if you have successfully healed or integrated any past life trauma from um, incarnations that were revealed before, um, if you have uh, integrated lessons, not necessarily trauma, but just lessons from those lives um, that may be important, you're going to evolve internally. And so the way that you, the way that you approach the questions will be different. The way that you answer the questions will be different on the surveys. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. So I I guess that's my answer. Yeah. I would say that the first one that you did for me, touched on a few things, but it was the newest one was similar, but also expanded a lot and, and brought in incarnations that didn't come through before that are probably that I'm ready to integrate now, as you've said. Right. Exactly. Um, and, and like I said, this doing soul origin profiles, doing starseed readings, doing, you know, elemental readings, things like that. It's not an exact science. It's, (laughs) it's an ever evolving process, right? Because the more that I get into it, the more that I learn, the more patterns I see, the more I change my approach to certain things. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, so in 10 years time, I've also obviously learned a lot about what to look for, what to, you know, things like that. So, yeah. And I wanted to add, and this is off of, not off topic, it's still on soul origin topic, but I think a lot of people, I've noticed a lot of people will see, you know, signs of a realm online and they see everyone else saying that they're this one thing. They automatically want to jump on that like bandwagon. Mm. And maybe they have already lived those incarnations. I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm not the universe, but I just say, don't just jump to the conclusion because, because other people's are people, other people's, other people are jumping on that bandwagon, (laughs) you know? So just because everyone's saying, oh, I'm a star seed doesn't mean that you have to feel that way. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yes. I don't know if I'm speaking out of line, but I just, I'm just saying, I think, to let those things come through more naturally or let Allura help you figure it out. No. And I think, um, well, we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. 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 Okay. What about if someone wants to know specifically, was I a, and you will insert whatever that thing is here, but some examples might be, what if I was a nymph or, or I want to know if I was a mermaid or a Lyran can a soul origin profile tell them that specifically? Okay. So I get this question quite regularly and basically just like with earthly past life readings, I cannot ask that a specific incarnation reveal itself. So I follow the data in 
the natal charts that I use um, and the surveys that I use to intuit which incarnations are most important for you to know, research, dive into and integrate for your personal growth at a specific given time in this incarnation. So like in this moment, in this life, this is what's important. That's what I get to see. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And growth may, Oh yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to cut in there because you reminded me when I do just, I don't do soul origin profile on people, but I do past life readings and I've had people say, oh, do a past life reading for me. And then I do a whole past life reading and then they go, oh, well, I specifically wanted to know if I was a witch in in the past life. And this didn't tell me that. Well, like Laura's saying, it's, I'm not, I'm not picking what's coming through. Right. Exactly. And you, and you, you can't. No. Like if you go to anyone and they say, I absolutely can tell you about that. Run away. Don't pay them any amount of money. Just leave because <laughs> they're full of crap. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes if you do ask me up front, I want to know if I was a witch in a past life. Sometimes it may, I may be able to pull that up, but it, it's, it's not that we're controlling the information that's coming through. We're just the messenger, right? <laughs> Right. Exactly. I mean, I don't know. I could be wrong and there could be some people out there that can do that. But in my experience, I have never seen a reader be able to do that. No. Yeah. Um, okay. So where were we? Okay. So integration, personal Mm -hmm. growth. So growth may be healing trauma from the incarnations that come up, recognizing your strengths and talents from these previous incarnations so that you can integrate those and benefit from them now. Um, But I have found that typically the lives that require healing are the ones that seem to come through. Um, Okay. So I wanted to share the story now. Okay. Huh? Okay. Okay. (laughs) So one of the incarnations that came up for me has to do with the life that I led in Scotland. And Laura pinpointed this, right? And it's just kind of funny because the more, since the, she gave the profile back to me, the more I've been, like these memories are coming up for me. So for instance, I had my Reiki attunement a few years ago. And one of the visions that I had during the attunement was definitely of me being in Scotland, but I didn't realize it at the time. And in addition to that, I also had a past life reading done. The very first past life reading I ever had done over a decade ago, the reader told me that I was a witch in Scotland. And at the time I was like, cool witch, but eh, Scotland. Cause I was like really into Ireland and Egypt back then. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just funny because she, you pinpointed that. And then I guess the whole reason I'm bringing this up is because I believe from some work that I'm doing in myself that I had issues in that specific life with being alone and learning. It has to do with learning how to love and being loved and all these things. And mm. those are things that I'm working out in this life as well, to a certain level. I'm not alone, but I'm just, you know, there's personal growth there. And I think it's important and, and very helpful that that came through, through my level four profile. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, because so this, 
this particular thing has come up multiple times over the last decade. Um, but it's only sunk in now. Yeah. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so and, and that's what I find a lot of times is what happens. Um, the stuff that comes up is ready. Like yeah. the, the people are ready <laughs> by the time they get to me. <laughs> I, I always knew. Yeah. I always knew that I was, I've been a witch in a past life, probably multiple past lives, but I didn't, I don't know why I just didn't, it didn't all come together until you did the profile for me. And over the past few weeks, it's like, oh, I remember this and I remember that. And oh my God, you know, it's pretty cool. Right. Yeah. So are soul origins always past lives and are they always non-human? Okay. So I said at the beginning of the podcast that there are exceptions So let's talk about, um, the light child realm. Mm -hmm. So the light child realm, when that comes through, it can be both a previous incarnation, but also a current existence because light children tend to maintain the frequencies of light that they enter the earth plane on. I know this sounds really crazy and wacky, but just go with me here. Uh, It doesn't sound wacky to me. Uh, so light child origins can be both past and present in the same breath, I would say. Yeah. Wise ones or mystics, their incarnations can be human, but they also can be non-human. So let's say you were a priestess on Sirius or something like that. You would still be considered in the realm of the mystics and the star seeds as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not as cut and dry as, uh, (laughs) it's complicated. (laughs) There's overlap. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So I have a question about light children. Shoot. You had mentioned before, but in a conversation that we had that light children are the children of souls and other realms. Yeah, that correct. Can you explain that a little further? Yeah. So this is a pattern that I've noticed. Uh, this does not mean that this is the only way light children can be born. So please don't think that, but typically light children are born to those who have otherworldly origins. Um, and I think it's because they know better how to navigate some of the challenges that come up for these kids. And that's not to say that, like I said, they can't be born to muggle parents for lack of a better term. Um, but it's more the exception than the rule, at least from what I've observed over the years. Hmm. Interesting. What about indigo children? Cause I know that one of the big traits for indigo children is that they're born, they have kind of a rough childhood. Hmm. I just wonder how that plays into it. You don't have to answer. Okay. I'm just kind of meandering. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I kind of want to, uh, huh? I said, that's probably a hard question. I'm sorry if I, <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. So I kind of want to address like a bigger topic 
when it comes to light children, because I think there's a huge misconception that this label, this term is used for people who can't accept that their child is different neuro, whether that's neurodivergent, whether that's, Oh yeah. I was going to ask you that too. Good. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether that's mental disability, physical disability, or what have you. Um, So all neurodivergent or people with disabilities are not light children, star seeds or any other realm being. Okay. Um, However, (laughs) however, there is a higher than normal concentration of these folks with other realm soul origins. And my personal theory on this, okay. Again, my personal theory on this is that the soul, when it incarnates onto the earth plane and into a physical vessel, it's, there's something it's too big, too powerful, too high vibration, too radiant, too, um, it doesn't fit into the body some way, whether that's in brain chemistry or physiological, um, ways. So, and so I'm not saying that this this is in no way calling anyone broken. It's just stating that with disabilities, just like any other issue, there is usually a spiritual reason, whether it is past life trauma, karmic, karmic contract you have accepted before you came here, or in this case that you're, that you're coming from a different realm, which vibrates on a higher frequency and Mm -hmm. somehow has damaged the lower frequency physical vessel it incarnated into. Does that make sense? It's like trying to. Absolutely. And I I just to elaborate. Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. I, so there's someone in my life who I always said that he has a huge soul and a very tiny body. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's like trying to like, this is the best analogy that I can come up with. It's like trying to put on shoes that are five sizes too small. Yeah. Like they're like having rip. a huge soul and a little teeny tiny body. <laughs> yeah. And you know, all of that being said, there are over mm-hmm. the, and this is the other thing too. So the general, um, mass population, I would say the knowledge of soul of light children is minimal because there are over 77 different known kinds of light children. Uh, and many of them don't have a physical vehicle issue at all, Mm -hmm. but I do think, uh, I do think some people use, I'm an indigo child as a label to dismiss bad behavior or as a badge of status within spiritual communities, Mm -hmm. but this exists with lots of different things, right? Right. So this is, comes down to discernment yeah on the part of other people yeah um so and it's no different than like there was a trend like a decade ago where it was trendy to say that you were a traditional or ancestral witch right and oh yeah and you knew you're like just no (laughs) just stop I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I still have a little bit of an issue with it. Like I'm not saying that nobody is, but uh, yeah. 
anyway. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, but it was, it was really bad like a decade ago. Oh, I, I remember. Oh. I remember. <laughs> I come from a very long line of witches. That was the big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, like that's my, that's my very long winded, um, answer to the issue that seems to be coming up a lot about light children, just like that label just being used as, you know, a badge of status or, you know, uh, Or, or people say that, you know, parents slap that label on their kids just because it makes them feel better or something. That's just, no. <laughs> right. There's, there's a lot more to it. And like I said, the general populace has a very limited knowledge of light children because there are 77 different kinds. Um, and I, and I think that within the spiritual community, uh, most people talk about five or six. Yeah. So the ones you taught me about, I was like, I don't know. I've never heard two of them at least, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, there's yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So what is your personal theory or point of view on how soul origins fit together or why they're important? Okay. So I do not hold mainstream metaphysical new age hypothesis on non-human realms of existence. So to give an example of what I mean, I'll use the light children realm. So there's a lot of people out there who talk about indigo or crystal children and say, oh, well, the generation of indigo children was born between 19 something, something and 19 something, something. Um, But I find this to be really narrow minded (laughs) because for one thing, I don't believe that time is linear. And I think a lot of folks in the metaphysical community carry that belief. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if that is a prevalent theory that we, that we all can sort of wrap our heads around, then I don't understand how the concept of indigo children only being born within certain generations is also held by the larger community because those two things contradict each other in my mind. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's kind of silly. And I think that light children are born whenever the world needs their vibration. And I believe they've been born into this world since the dawn of man. And you can quote me on that. Okay. We will. Um, and I can bring up real world examples, but I won't, (laughs) but anyway, um, as for soul origins themselves, I like to think of the soul as like a quilt. So each square of the quilt is a different past life we've lived, right? So if we've lived thousands, we got thousands of these quilt squares. And so a soul origin profile will show you some of the quilt squares that you've got that haven't quite been stitched into your blanket yet. So you know they exist, but you haven't been able to find the right thread to sew them, or maybe they have rips or tears in the fabric, like, you know, i.e. past life trauma Mm -hmm. that needs repaired first. And so the information in the profile is meant to propel your spiritual development forward and be a catalyst for self-discovery and growth in your present life. So 
remember that you are a human living a human existence and that this information can help you become the best human version of yourself rather than trying to relive your lives in the non-human realms. Mm-hmm. And like I said at the beginning, I mean, my understanding of this work is continual evolution, despite the fact that I've been studying it for over 10 years. And um, it just as a testament, I've just created and launched a level four profile which uses a third system of astrology, uh, soul astrology or heliocentric astrology. It's actually really a modality, but um, I discovered that it uncovers even more markers and clues for non-human incarnations. So just like you, my soul is always growing and evolving. And the more I do the work, the more I realize how complex and fluid it is. So cool. (laughs) Uh, so what can you tell us what I want to know more about the level four profile? Well, I think the audience will want to know more about it because I've already had mine and it was awesome. (laughs) So, What is so awesome about the new level four profile? Well, the level one and the level two are pretty generalized. Um, the level three is specific and accurate in my experience in detecting the realms most important for integration for the soul's evolution. But the level four uses heliocentric astrology combined with standard geocentric astrology, which in my opinion, like levels up the whole process. So the difference between helio and geocentric astrology is the point of center. So a geocentric chart is drawn on the assumption that you are the center of the universe. And since you reside on the planet Earth, it makes the chart geocentric, i.e. Earth-centric. It calculates all the points according to your exact earthly position at the exact time and place of your birth. The geocentric chart is the physical vessel creating its personality, values, morals through its physical existence and experience, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So when, so that's to say when we cast a natal chart or when anyone casts a natal chart, um, in Western astrology, it is based on those things, your physical existence. And then the helio chart assumes that the sun is the central point from which all the chart points are calculated. So in the heliocentric chart, there is no sun, moon, midheaven, or lunar nodes. There are also no houses in traditional heliocentric astrology as it is read more on angles. Hmm. However, my awesome software shows me these angles in relation to the geocentric houses. So it gives the perspective of the soul as it exists in its purest form. You can't stand on the sun, but you can exist in different dimensions and in the ethers prior to incarnation. Many astrologers dismiss heliocentric astrology because of the fact that no one can exist on the sun. And so how can this model of astrology be accurate? But for soul origin profiling, I find it to be really eye-opening, motivating, and downright mind-blowing. Very cool or hot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I would say that I did enjoy the comparisons as well as the contrast between the, what is it again? Heliocentric and geocentric. Yes. 
Okay, just wanna make sure I'm saying that correctly. Yeah, there was, there was some quite big differences, especially when it came to like the overall elemental things going on in each, but there was also a lot similar to. It was very cool. also I liked it. I really, it, it's, it's, it can be definitely eye-opening, yeah. And also something else that I've actually added to the level four process since you had your chart done hmm. was I'm also now using the fixed stars uh, to decipher psychism mm -hmm. markers. So the fixed stars actually have psychism associations. So like if you have a particular star in your fixed natal chart, it could indicate that you have mediumship abilities or clairvoyance or things like that. So that's been added as well. Very cool. I like it. Well, I have a question about that, actually. Yes. What if someone has none of these fixed stars markers, but they do still have these abilities? So if that doesn't mean, okay, so just because you don't have a fixed star markers, star marker doesn't mean that you don't have an ability. There's okay. lots that goes into it. Mm -hmm. um, as far as you could have regular markers in your astrological chart because a lot of psychism things, they can be planetary positions, but they can also be aspects. They can be uh, aspect patterns that come up in your chart. Mm -hmm. They could be fixed star markers. And there's also other factors too. Um, it could have nothing to do at all with your astrology, but it could have everything to do with your bloodline. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't I think that, say you could even be carrying it over from past lives too. Right. I don't think that we should a thousand percent rely on just astrology to tell us, but in my experience, astrology usually has a clue or two about those things Yeah, for most people. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> All right. So what does combining the two natal charts add to the profile? So it shows a greater depth, right? So it shows your physical vessel personality and all those things in your geo chart, but then it also shows your soul characteristics. Um, it provides greater weight to evidence found in the geocentric chart. If the same say fixed star alignments are found in the heliocentric chart, right? Mm -hmm. um, it also shows things that you've carried over from your etheric form to express from your physical vessel and things your physical vessel has chosen to cultivate due to the strengths or weaknesses of the soul. So for example, when something shows up in your geocentric chart, but not in your heliocentric chart, this could be the soul showing its power and strengths that are greater than the human vessel or constructed personality. Or it could be the soul showing weakness or restraint greater than the human vessel or constructed personality is capable of. Hmm. So when the reverse is true and something doesn't show up in your geocentric chart, but does show up in your heliocentric chart, it can indicate that the human vessel or constructed personality is training the soul um, in that particular aspect, or that the soul is providing motivation 
for the human vessel or constructed personality to want to learn or overcome a particular thing. I know that sounds so like you're probably going to have to rewind this a couple of times. Yeah. I was about to say, um, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think it's easier to grasp when it's written. Yeah. Um, so, I'm going to have to go back and apply this part to my profile so that I can better understand. I think. Yes. <laughs> hmm. What about, do you have advice for reading? So this goes into what I was just saying. Do you have advice for reading or using a soul origin profile when you had one done? Yeah, so I think the first thing is you're not going to understand or comprehend your profile when you first read it. <laughs> it just uh, doesn't happen ever. Um, it takes I mean, a lot of time. Of it, some of it, but I think the helio geocentric the a lot of the 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 astrology excuse me <laughs> the astrology <laughs> part of it i haven't even be i haven't even begun to comb through all of that to be like i've read over it but i've been focusing more on each of the realms and digging deeper into those so yeah it's going to take me a long time i know that but i i mean yes some things will immediately click Mm-hmm. but a lot of it won't because it it's because it's overwhelming. These things are yeah. pretty big and gigantic. And the level four is between a hundred and 150 pages. Right. So yes. it's enormous. Um, but it makes you and, feel very special because it's a whole book about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you may notice over time that you realize some things in your profile that don't seem to make sense at all when you first read it all of a sudden make perfect sense um this is completely normal and also uh another tip is you need to remain grounded at all times when you are engaging in the integration of these things and use what you're learning to make this life better and to become in alignment with your highest self because I, this is the reason why I shut them down years ago is because while they did revolutionize some people's lives, they did the opposite to other people's lives because they were not staying grounded and were basically just lost in past life, uh, trying to relive that. So mm. definitely stay grounded while you're using Yeah. Me. Yeah. That's important. Okay. We, one of, we, one of our listeners has asked a question for Laura. And so Michael asks, what led you into looking into other soul origins? Okay. So actually he's, he's asked the next like four questions here. Um, and I had to, I had to break them up. (laughs) Ah. Okay. So, well, in the beginning, I think it was a combination of about three different things. My personal thirst to explore all avenues of spirituality when I first dedicated to witchcraft. Um, I also had a deep sense of knowing that I had uh, previous incarnations in the elemental realm. And it also had to do with the discovery that I actually have an, well, I think it is. I don't know how common this is because I don't really talk about it with other people. 
but I have a really odd form of clairsentience. Um, if I don't even know if that's, I mean, I think that's the name for this, but anyways, uh, my, when my brain engages in reading, writing and data analysis, the words, um, or the important information will literally like glow on the page. <laughs> huh. So I really don't know, like I said, I really don't know if there's an official name for this, but I've had it my entire life. And I think that this is part of the reason why I did so well, uh, as an academic, but as for exploring other avenues after becoming a witch, I always knew I was a witch, but once I dedicated, I essentially gave myself permission to explore everything that was out there. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, there is an entire sect of witchcraft called Ascension magic. Um, it is an amazing discipline of magic. And I highly recommend anyone interested in this work or interested in Ascension in general, um, there is a wonderful resource by Christopher Penzak titled Ascension Magic, and it's a really great place to start. Yeah, I'm, I've been slowly working my way through that book. <laughs> it's a big book. What do you book. think of it? It's not like you're gonna, you know what I'm saying? It's like a good oh, seven no, pages huge. or something. Eight hundred no, pages. Huge. I think it's amazing, but I can only, I can, I like I do a chapter at a time and sometimes it's like a chapter a month because it's a lot of it's heavy information and what i mean by that is you have to reread it <laughs> right times yeah. to really understand because he's going into a lot of the things that that you do laura you know with the soul origin kind of stuff but also planes of existence and merkaba and all kinds of right just yeah you need to take a lot of time to absorb it all and and if you're going to practice it, it it would just take a long time yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you can just i don't know it's just different from your normal type of witchcraft or magical book right exactly. very in-depth yeah but it's great it's a great resource it really is and I, to your thing, when you said that the words glow on the page, might that have something to do with synesthesia? Because I don't have yeah. the glowing, but I, since I was a little girl, I can, and I don't even, I wouldn't call it an ability. It's just my imagination or my ability to visualize. But when I, since I was a little girl, I've always loved reading and writing, obviously, but I hear people's voices like the characters voices pretty clearly and they kind of take on their own you know it's easy for me to visualize and actually hear the characters in certain stories so right wonder, yeah yeah I mean I think I think there's an element of synesthesia to it for mm -hmm. sure yeah but I also think that there's a heavy intuitive sense to it as well because if it were just regular synesthesia type thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think that it would just be specific words. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like typically when I'm, when I'm sitting down doing a, a profile and I'm looking at all of these, you know, answers and, and trying to decipher what's important and what's not certain ones will 
glow <laughs> or like um there's also another thing that happens and it's not glowing but it's like a i don't know how to explain it but it's like that particular symbol or word on the screen or page kind of gets bigger mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't know how to explain it yeah i get what you're saying yeah so Cool. I have a little bit of insight into how my intuition works when I'm doing these. Awesome. All right. Speaking of your intuition, how often do you get an intuitive ping from someone and think that they might be a star seed or a wise one, et cetera? Uh, for me, this is pretty much immediate upon speaking with someone, especially written exchange, because like I explained of how my intuition works. Uh, but seeing photos can also do that. And I can generally tell which realm shows the strongest in someone, but it's rare that I can nail down the exact star system or type of elemental straight away. Um, typically I need the data as a, um, to jump off the pages and as a jumping off point uh, for me to for my intuition to really like my alarm bells to go off. Mm -hmm. Um, but also just being in someone's energy as well, because what I'm describing here is very much distance readings. Right. Mm -hmm. But when I'm meeting with somebody, uh, their energy signature typically, typically I can just tell from that. But like I said, it's, it's rare that I can pick out, specifics um but it's pretty easy um as far as realms go awesome <laughs> i think this is a question that everybody is wondering what are some traits from the different origins oh and this is a question i'm not gonna answer ha ah. uh, uh -huh. <laughs> uh. well we've been keeping a secret mm -hmm. but we are releasing a sister podcast of exclusive episodes. I'm so excited called Mimir's Well. So keep your eyes peeled for an official launch date for that. And we are planning on doing exclusive episodes on each of the realms and it'll have all this good, juicy information in it. So stay tuned for that. I know. I know we keep telling people <laughs> that we have a project in the works. Well, this is it. Yeah, it's, I'm excited. I'm really excited to dive into each of the realms in detail. I know. I'm so excited. For real. All right. What would you say are some lessons that we could use from the different origin destinations? This is an interesting is question. The, wait, is this Michael's question? Yeah. I don't even know what he's asking. Well, <laughs> <Stare it up. laughs> um, yeah, so this is an interesting question and one that I can't answer because it's like asking, what are some lessons you can learn in life? Oh, and it's I see. Like, okay. It's literally an endless yes. answer, I mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I, oh, I already kind of touched on this a little bit, but yeah, like one of the things that I am learning from one of my past incarnations or my soul origins, what have you, 
has to do with being alone and having people present in my life to love and be loved by. That's a big kind of emotional lesson. But I also think that you can learn lessons like magical lessons, we'll say. So I'm digging right now, I'm digging really heavily into the Scottish cunning ways as well as Scottish witchcraft when it comes to the witch trials in Scotland. So I have this book that's called, it's called The Visions of Isabel Gowdy by Emma Wilby. And mm. it is, if anybody, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people know who Emma Wilby is, but she's a, a, she's a scholar in witchcraft. And this book is, I think, the same size as the Ascension Magic book. It's like 700 pages. Mm. And she goes into depth with Isabel's confessions and you know, just kind of picking it apart. But anyway, I'm going through that whole thing and writing down anything that's sticking out to me about Scottish witchcraft. And so you can, I think those are all good lessons that you can pull from each of your, your origins that Alora finds for you. Just some yeah, and Yeah. And I mean, they're all going to be specific to you. Right. Right. So Absolutely. It just depends on what comes up for you. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're a star seed, then you can explore the constellation that your soul may have incarnated in, the different names of the stars, what those names might mean to you. Maybe you meditate, all that kind of stuff. Right. Maybe you do some path working, find out mm -hmm. that, you know, there's some healing that needs to be done there regarding X, Y, or Z. Exactly. Um, so it really there's just depends on you there's there's so much you can learn it, it right it just depends on where you want to go with it i say agreed all right looks like this is the last listener question anna maybe asks how do we figure out our own soul origins okay so first of all i would say follow your intuition and in saying that I also want to say intuition is not the same as popular opinion mm -hmm. or um, the bandwagon. I think they're yep. two very different things. Right. I would encourage anyone to read and research about the different realms, learn astrology and research natal chart markers by other astrologists who have done this work. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't think that there is a singular system for figuring soul origins out because everyone has a different intuitive sense. However, there are some things that have been used over and over for years and have proven to be useful and accurate by the many different people that use them over time. So natal chart markers being one of them, right? Mm -hmm. So I think there are techniques and tools that are extremely useful in figuring it out. Um, and there is somewhat of a system and it may vary slightly from person to person. Um, they get familiar with those. Um, and yeah, and, and it's a lot, your intuition as well. Awesome. Like it's no, I, I don't think that it's any different than like past life work. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think before you did my profile, I was having some leanings towards a few 
realms that I hadn't before, you know, 10 years ago. Right. And then you picked up on those and really gave me, you know, detail that I wasn't figuring out before for myself. So that was cool. Yeah. And just to back up for half a second, the, about, you know, the different lessons you can learn from the realms and, and your origins. Uh, I actually have had this, and this was years ago, um, even when I was doing them, but I had a client who, like I said, she was a police officer and she had a soul origin profile done. And then she became a children's author, um, writing about, uh, writing children's books. Yeah. And then I had another girl who was in university for a particular degree and had a soul origin profile done and realized, uh, I don't want to do this at all. <laughs> and so she changed her entire course in life oh, from it. Um, but that being said, you are responsible for all the decisions that you make. I was going to say, Ooh, girl. they are not my, they're not my fault, but Hey, in those situations, it worked out really well. So, well, true, true, true. No, I just but, cringe when it's like, I think about getting all the, almost all the way through college and then someone going, I don't think I want to do this. And I would just be like, push through. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think there. No, I think that, um, I think this girl was only in her second year. Okay. Okay. So All right. I, Maybe I we'll allow we, that. I don't think we were too far along in the process. <laughs> That's my Capricorn maybe coming out. I don't know. Or it could have been, because when I got to like near the end of college, I literally went into my advisor's office and told him, I do not care what it is but look at all the classes I've taken and tell me what it, I can like get a minor in that will get me out of here within two semesters. <laughs> exactly. And that's how I became an English minor. <laughs> oh, cool. I love English. All righty then. Do you think we have covered what we wanted to cover? Yeah, I don't think that we could cover it any better. Cool. So then I will wrap it up. Yes, girl. We need to get these people out of here. All right. Check out Alora's articles on star seeds, elementals, and much more at alorarain.com, where you can also order your level four soul origin profile that I highly recommend. She's also amazing at tarot reading and numerology. We welcome you to join our high vibing Facebook group and please stay tuned for the official launch of our exclusive sister podcast, Mimir's Well. We want to give a shout out to all of our oracles for joining us, whether you're new or returning, subscribe or favorite our podcast to be notified of future episodes. Help us out and be sure to share our podcast and review us too. And remember, whether you're in the land of the Fae or the land of the ancestors, stay otherworldly.